It's time for Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. It is time for Chasing the Word here, and Sandy, welcome back to the microphone. It's Monday. We're going to start off in Chapter 16 of the Book of John today. Yeah, it's great to be back, to be continuing this study and just sharing our hearts about it. It's a lot of weeks that we've spent on this book. We're going through the book in order, which means we're sharing from this kind of exegetically a verse at a time and kind of unpacking it as we do it together. That's what this exercise has been about. And we are encouraging our friends, you, if you're listening to the program, to be part of this exercise. Today is our day to load up, to feast on the Word and get ready for what's coming next. That's why we do this series. We have a Bible study for it every week as well. So if you go to the podcast section of CompassionRadio.com, You're going to find notes on every one of the chapters, plus the full text of the chapter that comes from our special edition we're calling The Dynamic Gospel. We'd love to have a copy of that in your hands to read along with us. Whether you get the free Bible study downloads or you want to support the ministry by getting a copy of this book and helping us stay on the air. Either way, we would love to have your input on what you hear God telling you through the Word from John the Disciple. This is also a good reminder that we begin the week chasing the Word. Hmm. We just want to chase after what God is doing, and this is a good way to start that and a reminder that we're going to chase Jesus in the book of John all around Palestine and see what he's doing and what he did during his life on earth and how we can then in turn navigate our own lives every day. We chose this title for this series because we always felt like we were chasing Jesus around, whether we're going out there to the front lines of faith and seeing what's happening in the four corners of this world, or just trying to get caught up and read his word together. We're always like in pursuit of him, always in that mode of, where's God going? He seems to be very, very busy. Have you seen that series? It's been marvelous on streaming called The Chosen. When you watch the disciples follow Jesus around, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. The entire plot seems to be them trying to catch up with Jesus. So I think a lot of people have sensed that's the challenge. Let's jump right in then. Chapter 16, verse 1. I have told you these things to keep you from stumbling. All of the things he said in chapter 15 that right. we talked about in the previous programs. They will ban you from synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you may remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going away to him who sent me. And not one of you asks me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me and about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. 
Let's stop in verse 15 and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we're going to need to. Funny thing for me is every time I hear him start up one of these speeches, it's like we're reading the account of it years and years later. So was the writer. He's recounting it in his own memory and talking to his friends about what do you remember about that day that yeah. we sat with Jesus? They're depending upon their memories, but they're also depending upon God's spirit to bring it to life again in them and remind them of all the things. And he says that very thing in this yeah. chapter. He's saying the Holy Spirit will come and he will go about the business of helping you to remember the important stuff. It seems kind of silly reiterating these lessons, but I think what he's doing here is setting them up for the most brutal traumatic experience they've ever had emotionally, certainly since they've been friends. And he knows the trauma's coming. Mm -hmm. The trauma is the perfect word for it. It's not that we're trying to be psychological in the way we talk about these things, but is there any better word in English going through the unexpected and the painful and the mind-blowing and the disruptive and all that stuff that's happening all at the same time? Trauma is probably the best word we've got now. Well, it was an ugly situation. It wasn't just trauma in that Jesus disappeared and was no longer with them. He was brutally murdered. Yeah, in front of their faces. In front of them. I think that we can all agree that that would be traumatic to see someone that you deeply loved brutally killed. And we know that there are people who have experienced that. People that you and I know have experienced those kinds of losses. It's traumatic. So I think that's a great word for this scenario. And when you suffer trauma... You know this in counseling situations that so much is not forgotten, but it's so suppressed it might as well be buried until it's not anymore. And when it comes raging back out, it can be incredibly disruptive and destructive in life Mm -hmm. because there's no constraint. There's no safety. It doesn't seem like there's any place safe to put something as painful as that when you can't control your own emotions or how you even express Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. These men and women went through that during those days following his death, certainly. For sure. But for them, they also have the incredible transformative power experiencing the resurrection, which we don't know about yet in the text. Mm. So we've got to remember that when we're hearing John talk about what Jesus told him at the time, it must have been mystifying that he kept saying these things, telling them, you're going to forget pretty much everything you've ever known. Mm-hmm. You're going to worry about me and not going to know where I'm going. And then he goes through a whole bunch of things because statements. If you don't mind, I'd like to kind of unpack each one of those. Sure. What's the first one that he says? Well, in verse 2, he tells them that they'll be banned from synagogues and the time that is coming that they could be killed. Anyone who kills you will think he's offering service to God, and they'll do it because they don't know me. They don't know me or the Father. That's a prophecy right there of what they personally are going to go through. It's not just a general statement. He's saying, you, my friends right here, Mm. there's going to come a time when you're driven out from the synagogue, which is the worst kind of banishment a Jew can experience. So he is saying, these things are going to happen to you. You think you're worried about me right now? I'm thinking about what you're going to go through when you get kicked out and have to reconcile that you have lost everything that you consider valuable, important to you, your culture, Mm -hmm. your position, your place in family. For whatever reason, Jesus is saying, I either cannot or am not going to stop this from happening to you because of me. Mm -hmm. The things I'm going to go through are traumatic for you, but the things you're going to go through as a result of what I go through will also be traumatic. And your association with me will cause these things to happen to you. Simply because you know me, because Mm -hmm. they see you as me. Mm -hmm. These are all very heavy things to say, but he makes that prophecy, and that gets written down in the record saying, remember, Jesus told us this was coming. And then he reminds them, yeah, Yeah. I told you. Remember that I told you. And what's the second one? But now I am going away to him who sent me, and not one of you asks, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Stop there. 
He looks around the room. Jesus is reading the room and sees people breaking down out of confusion or frustration. And the tears are beginning to flow. They're beginning to feel great unease. I can see it in your eyes, guys. This sorrow is filling you, and I wish I could stop that. It feels like he's trying to say that with his heart, but his mind has to do the hard thing right now. Mm-hmm. I know this is hard. This is heavy. But I've got to tell you this thing again. But again, it's a prophecy and a promise. He's saying, I will send the Holy Spirit. Well, he goes on to say, it's for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't, the counselor or the comforter will not come. So you're feeling these things because you're worried. But I'm saying I'm sending the comforter because when he does, he will comfort you. Mm-hmm. You know, these are not circular arguments here. What he's saying is cause and effect. When I show up, stuff happens. You've seen that. When the Holy Spirit comes, stuff will happen. And this is what it will be. He's Mm -hmm. talking about the integrity and the character of the Holy Spirit, that part of the Trinity whose job is to lift Jesus up and make sure it's always in front of our eyes Mm -hmm. and to trust that God has our best interest at heart and not be fearful. Yeah, I really like how Jesus describes the person of the Holy Spirit here. Mm -hmm. He tells them this is exactly who the Holy Spirit is and the kind of things the Holy Spirit will do. He'll convict the world about sin. The world around us, the flesh of us, will be convicted about the sin because— And that's the next because statement. Because of the Holy Spirit coming and of righteousness and judgment. He says the world will be convicted of sin because of the Holy Spirit. Because they don't believe in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit brings out that truth. Because they don't believe, they'll realize they have a broken relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Because the Holy Spirit shows up, people experience that Holy Spirit. But where are they going to experience that? The Holy Spirit's not walking around in a Casper outfit, wandering the streets, talking to people. He's living in us. Mm. And he shows up. We perceive his work around us. Like Jesus says, it's like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you see what it's doing. Look for those spiritual things that are going on and perceive them. Perceive them in your own heart. That has to come through us to the world for them to see the difference. Because you are simply there. Because you represent me. Because my spirit is obviously alive in you. The world's going to notice, and the world's not going to like it a lot of times. In fact, it's opposed to that. It's opposed to me. Mm -hmm. So again, a prophecy here. They will oppose you, but I'm also doing my work because you're there, because you show up. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the work of convicting the sin of the world and showing it for what it is, which is an opportunity, not a judgment against those who are bearing the image of Christ, but a confirmation that bearing the image of Christ has an effect. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and hopefully that effect is to draw others to Jesus. Yeah, it'll either repel them or draw them. It's it's magnetic, right? He also says that the Holy Spirit will come to convict about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. I don't really understand that statement. Well, I thought about that a lot, too. The because is important. I think what Jesus is saying, you've seen it in bucket loads, what righteousness is, that right relationship with the Father. You've seen how I navigate through life. You've Mm. seen there's no fear here. You've seen me do hard things. You've seen me love people. You've seen me go to people that no one else in their right minds would go to. He's doing all of these counterintuitive things. And he's saying this is the right thing. Mm. This is the right way to live. And I've lived this for you. So the Holy Spirit is coming to remind them that this is the right way to live. Because he's been pulled out, you don't have that bodily example anymore right in front of your face of how to do this. Someone's got to help remind you of these things and teach you how to do it. So the Holy Spirit will teach you about righteousness and will teach about righteousness through you to the world. 
because I've left and sent you the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I can be in a million places at once now because you could be spread around the world That's living right. this righteous life. Again, righteousness, according to Jesus, is not about caste system, higher or lower on the scale mm-hmm. of what it means to be perfect. It has nothing to do with perfection. It has everything to do with knowing you're secure in the relationship with your father and not worrying about you being kicked out of the family. You have a place and God has made it possible for you. You don't fear how your sins are going to completely blow it up like a bomb anymore. It may hurt deeply, and it should, that we discover there are things about our lives that are not mm-hmm. up to stuff that we don't want in our lives anymore, that we're struggling with. But nonetheless, we never cease being a son or a daughter of the king, and you can too. Mm-hmm. If we live lives like that, we're not afraid about going to places or being with people or being in places that other people would think, well, good people don't go there. The Holy Spirit sent me there. Yeah, I'm going there Yeah, because I want to go where he goes. I think this is an opportunity for us to reiterate how we've learned to pray in Mm. that asking God what he wants us to know about a situation has been such a big help for us and has been such a great way to really see the heart of God, to be open to the Spirit showing us the heart of God. Because when we really pray that honestly, we can sit in quiet in his presence and just wait on him to show us or to reveal to the deepest heart what he really wants to show us. We've learned about worship from people all around the world, traditions that go all the way back to the beginnings, the culture of the early church. You look at me and say, there's a holiness here, something separate, something very different. But it's not an awkward place at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, just being here is enough. Mm -hmm. Just to be in the presence of God is enough. There's nothing awkward about this. What joy it is to not have to perform, to have to gin it up all the time and feel like we've got to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Just being in the room with somebody you love is enough. In fact, it's wonderful. And just having that time without distraction or interruption or being torn away from that person is a gift. That's the kind of worship that I think God's calling us to. Just let me be here with you through my Holy Spirit. Yeah. The third thing he says the Holy Spirit is coming to do is to convict about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. The Holy Spirit comes to remind us that the power of Satan has been removed from us, that he's not able to hold us bondage anymore because he's been judged. Everything he's doing, everything he's done has completely been judged. Yes, and this all applies, I think, to our sense of place and position. When you have a judge looking down on you, accusing you, and saying, you are guilty of a crime, that judge has incredible power over you, and you know it. The judge he's talking about is a bad judge. He's talking about the devil judging us. Because the accuser, the prosecutor, this corrupt judge, wants to put us in our box and keep us from knowing the power of a living God. Mm. I think what he's saying here is that I will show through you what righteousness is compared to corruption Mm -hmm. around you, no matter what they try to do. And they will see that they're the judged ones. And I'm going to come to settle scores and I'll take care of the bad judges. I will take the presence of evil away. It's a great promise. It may be one that's in its completion very far into our imagined futures, but it's still a living reality for Jesus. He knows that the devil's going to be dealt with permanently. Well, he's already been judged. Right. And being judged does not mean necessarily you've been sentenced and removed, but the judgment is already there. And the world should be able to see in us something different than the really corrupted version of that that the world Mm -hmm. offers us. And when they see it alive in us, being right with God and not under the judgment of condemnation from somebody who's accusing us of being less than God, Mm -hmm. we know that. But man, I'm not worried about being less than God if I've got God on my side (laughs) and he's got me on his. Yeah. 
I know that I know that my Redeemer lives. Mm. That is what the Holy Spirit is coming to remind the believer of and to remind the world of. And that's got to be what's scary to the devil. When he knows, I know that their Redeemer lives. It's got him quaking in his boots. Yeah. For 78 years now, we've depended on the faithful encouragement of friends just like you to bring this unique radio and media ministry to the air each day. You can drop us a line, ask a question, submit a prayer request, or download a free Bible study guide in just the same way. It all happens at CompassionRadio.com. This dynamic gospel is available to you in a handy paperback edition, and I'd love to send you one when you send your gift and ask for it. Remember, this is a 100% listener-supported ministry. If you've never supported us before, would you consider doing so this month? I know many of you can and want to give more, so I'll not be shy in asking for that support. Thank you for seriously considering this request and challenge. Our toll-free order line is 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. If you need to call early or late, that's okay. Just make sure to leave your name and phone number, and we'll get back to you immediately when the doors open each business day. You can also give anytime online at CompassionRadio.com. And if you prefer to put a stamp on it, you can always find us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. God bless you as you stretch your faith. I hope we can be a real encouragement and challenge to you for many, many years to come. And make sure to ask for your own copy of The Dynamic Gospel when you contact us today. That's got to be what's scary to the devil when he knows... I know that their Redeemer lives. It's got him quaking in his boots. Yeah. Let's read this same passage from the Dynamic Gospel now. Chapter 16 of John, verse 1. Even when they try to snare you, my word will keep you from destruction. Yet the religious zealots will see it just the opposite, running you out of the meeting houses as heretics. Eventually, they'll think they're doing God a service by killing you. This kind of hatred and violence is a sure sign they don't know God the Father, much less me. Hear me now, friends. The time is surely coming when all this will come to pass, and you'll need a strong memory of my teaching to comfort Mm. you. Difficult parting words, I know. Not like the warm closeness we experienced in the beginning. You're beginning to accept it now, aren't you? That I'm really heading home without you? Hard as it is, that understanding at least puts to rest your constant debates about where I'm going. I can see it in your eyes. The truth hurts. Don't let what I've said consume you with despair. I can't stop telling you the truth just because it's difficult to hear. My absence will greatly speed up the best thing you could possibly experience. God the Comforter himself. As soon as I'm home, I'll dispatch him without delay. Clinging to me here merely holds him back. So much more will be made clear to you when he arrives. Light and darkness the colors of sin and righteousness. Like a bright lamp flushing out the shadows, you'll see things as they really are. Society, cracked or skewed, every man warped by disbelief in sin, everything will be shown for what it is. Justice will finally prevail when I'm returned home. Even though you can't see me, I'll be setting all things right. And judgment will be declared because the sentence will finally be passed down. Guilty on all counts for the devil who oppresses you. There is so much more I could say, but I'm afraid it's simply beyond your capacity to comprehend right now. 
But I need to reiterate this. When the Spirit comes, He will guide you into all kinds of new understanding, and He'll have the time to gently lead you along. This is how the Spirit works. He whispers the things He hears from us and hints at things to come. He never boasts, brags, or draws attention to Himself. He will focus on me, revealing everything I am and continue to be, bringing the message to life within you. Whatever the Father holds now will be mine to do with as I please, so I'll be sending all the good stuff your way through the Spirit. Get ready to download amazing blessings. Hmm. We don't have much time in the program now, but closing thoughts for me, honey. I just really like how Jesus continues to describe the character of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And the Holy Spirit is, in some ways, this big cheerleader, mm. you know, yes. for, for Jesus. And this is who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is going to keep reminding us. And we've talked about in the past having a balcony person. And who yeah. is your balcony mm-hmm. person? Who is the person that is always cheering you on from the balcony as you're doing your life's work or as you're just being yourself? Or from the bleachers while you're running. The, the bleachers race. as you're running, yeah. And I think that's kind of the work of the Holy Spirit. It is more intimately involved than that because the Holy Spirit dwells actually inside of us. Yes. So not just the Holy Spirit is looking on in our lives and, and out there looking in. The Holy Spirit is in us looking out and seeing us from the inside out and knowing us intimately from the inside out. So the Holy Spirit, hearing from Jesus, I think that's what he's saying here Mm. at the very end, hearing from Jesus, what Jesus wants us to know. Whisper this in their ear. Tells us in our deepest inner being, that's what the Holy Spirit does. In some mystical way, friends, we were walking with these disciples, with Jesus Mm. in those experiences. Mm. Yeah. Because... They're going to live a life where the light of life shines from their eyes. And when people see John, Peter, Thomas, the other Judas, and Philip, and Andrew, and all the rest of the bunch, when they see them in person, they're going to be mystified. But what is it about them that I, I, I just need to listen to them? Something tells them, I need to open my ears and listen. This Holy Spirit does that work and opens and softens people's hearts to hear the truth not just to hear it like an idea, but to experience it so they can enter into it with them. And he's speaking across all the centuries to us, too. He wants to be looking out our eyes. And what a mystery it is to think that God would reside within us and look out through us, mm-hmm. and that his light, his eyes, would be the things that people see when they look at us. I think that's why it's so important, honey, to be in the Word, to chase the Word, and be reminded through the power of the Holy Spirit what the Word of God is really saying. Yeah. This is all the time we really have to be sharing about chapter 16, the first half this week. Next week, of course, we'll wrap up chapter 16. But I just want to remind our friends, this is a chase. This is a race, not just say we finish the race, but we want to run other races as well. The more we take in, the more God can use to put out his love to the world. So take courage for this week. We look forward to hearing from you about what you think about the Word of God, what he's teaching you as we're going through this together. And to let us know how he's making a difference through you as you share your life with others. Don't be afraid to share that with us. And so that's what we have for Chasing the Word this week on Compassion Radio. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Compassion Radio program.
This dynamic gospel is available to you in a handy paperback edition, and I'd love to send you one when you send your gift and ask for it. You can drop us a line, ask a question, submit a prayer request, or download a free Bible study guide in just the same way. It all happens at CompassionRadio.com. Make sure to ask for your own copy of The Dynamic Gospel when you contact us today. Remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.